Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. My name is J.R. Mizrak, and today I'm joined by Lawson Doolin. Uh, Lawson, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you play soccer. I'm going to take you back to, I'm assuming, some pretty youthful days with this question. When did you first start playing soccer, and uh, what got you into the sport? Um, so I started training with my dad when I was about five years old. Um, he kept me out of basically organized soccer until I was about eight or nine. Um, my dad actually played collegiately. Um, so basically I was brought up to him and ever since then I started training, he kept me out of organized, just wanted to train me, basically get me prepared to be able to play at a competitive level and rather recreational. Um, but yeah, started playing when I was about eight or nine. All right. So what did that training look like when you were younger and how did that kind of evolve as you went through the age? So training when I was younger, um, we focused a lot on technical and just basically the technical aspect of the game, everything from dribbling to just short touches, passing. Um, and we basically just try to master stuff like that, because once you once you're at a young level, if you can master technical abilities and how to receive the ball, when to turn. Uh, when you get to an older level or older um, at a higher level of the game, you'll be able to read the game. You'll be able to get yourself out of sticky situations. Um, so, yeah, but as you evolve, training gets definitely more in depth. Um, there's a lot more stages and sequences that are involved. Um, you definitely need to be basically on your, your head on a swivel and know what's coming next and where you're supposed to move. And yeah. So when you were at Georgia Southern playing soccer for them, how did you balance your athletic training and your academics? So a typical day at Southern would basically be a 5 a.m. wake up and then a 6 a.m. lift. And then from there, we basically go to the training field and we're training for two and a half hours. So you're training from 8 to 1030. And then you basically rush into the locker room to get ready to shower and get ready to go to class. And classes start usually at 11 for most of us. And um, basically, you just you basically need to have your day prepared the day before. So you need to have your backpack in your locker, have your computer, have everything you need if you need a scantron for tests. Um, you just need to plan your week out a lot in advance. Um, they do good. They do a very good job at giving us the resources to be able to keep ourselves in check. Um, we have an athletic um, academic advisor who keeps up with us through weekly meetings. Uh, we have weekly grade submissions. Um, the NCAA as well requires study hall hours for us, depending on your um, what your GPA is and what year you are. So depending on that, you'll have about anywhere from six to eight hours a week that you're required to be in study hall. And during those times, you can get tutoring. Um, you can basically sit with other students in your class, the fellow athletes, and kind of review. There's a whiteboard, there's computers, there's free printing, there's basically everything that you need to keep yourself in check. You just need to be responsible and have alerts on your phone, calendars and notifications and everything set up. All right. So when you were younger, you know, in your teenage years, you actually pursued your dream. You moved over to England across, uh, you know, the ocean. What all went to that decision? So um, I was about 16 and I was playing locally and some some guy approached my dad that had previously lived in England and had a few of his sons over here playing and um, basically saw me playing and asked my dad, would your son be interested in ever coming overseas and going over to England and playing? 
And of course, the like quickest response was, yeah, of course. However, we didn't really know too much of like what the background, what situation I was going to be in. So we kind of said, let's just have him go guest play for this team and um, basically go see what everything's going to be like. So when we guest played for the team, the team wasn't um, basically like a league team. It was a, uh, it's basically like only a tournament travel team. So each player on that team was currently playing for either a summer professional academy or a professional youth academy, either probably second division or third division. So they were getting paid. They were all doing very well. However, their goal was to get scouted by an even higher level uh, professional academy. So um, we would travel. So I traveled with them when I was 16 in my sophomore year um, of high school to uh, went to Cyprus, basically like 60 miles away from Greece. And we played in a very competitive tournament. We actually won the tournament. And I returned back home. And I said to my dad, I said, actually, I'm guaranteed want to do this. And this is what I want to pursue. Every kid on the team was the level I expected. And even, even beyond, I mean, their ability to read the game and the speed of play was a lot quicker than what I was used to. So um, I said yes to that. And I picked up my bags and moved uh, at the beginning of my, basically the end of my sophomore slash beginning of my junior year high school. And um, over there, basically earned a bunch of trials over there to start playing, hopefully. However, I didn't realize when I was over there that a lot of these kids actually are bred into these academies at such young ages from, I mean, ages five to six. I mean, the, the coaches are molding these players into be the players that they want them to be. And um, so, yeah, basically after a lot of, homesickness, um, injuries, and kind of maybe a realization of what actually goes on over there. I actually returned home, and then that's when I continued my path and focused more on MLS Youth Academies and steering more towards a college soccer route. Uh, not really a soccer question here, but what was it like living overseas? Was there any, I mean, it's, you know, England and Europe's not a super big cultural shift, but was there any of you know, the different, like, main differences there? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of differences. Um, I would say the biggest one that hit me personally um, would be the religious aspect over there. Um, you're not really, you're not really too profound on Christianity and other religiousness over there. They don't really believe in too much. So I think that was a big thing that I struggled with, especially coming from where I'm at. And my, a lot of people from around me and my family and what I grew up in was a Christian environment. So I was used to going to the typical church on Sundays and going out to family, like to lunch after. However, when I got there, um, I wasn't really too sure where, where everyone was standing in that culture environment. And I had a lot of people ask me basically like about my beliefs and kind of question it a little bit. So I think that was a little bit of a cultural shock. Um, I do think, I do think there's a lot that you have to deal with when you're over there trying to balance your own finances at 16 years old. You don't have family. That's five minutes away from you or at home. You're, I mean, you're many miles away, you're constant phone calls. Um, so I think there's a lot that goes into that. I think adjusting to, I mean, your cereals are no longer the same cereals in stores. I mean, the food, you got to basically learn very quick and adapt quickly to be able to figure out your surroundings and allow yourself to give yourself the best opportunities to see. Um, so, you know, you said you've gotten chances uh, to have trials over in the, in Europe. You've also had these MLS, you've had the college experience. 
what were the differences between, you know, the foreign players and the U.S. players? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit with, like, the speed of the game, but can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, so um, I would definitely say playing overseas is an experience of a lifetime. I would say that if anybody has a chance to do it, I would definitely say to do it again. Um, however, I would say be prepared for what you're going into because these kids, like I said, are, they're molded since, they, I mean, since the age of five, six, I mean, these coaches, I mean, all over there, they eat, they breathe, they sleep the sport. So, I mean, they're very, like, it's very intellectual on, like, the visual part of the game on where you're supposed to be and how to allow or how to open up space for one of your fellow teammates. And I think a lot of what the USA lacks is that coaching in that aspect of the game. I think we focus more on dribbling, shooting, tactical, not so much tactical, but more technical parts of the game. And I think that's where we kind of struggle a little bit because when we get over there, it's easy, and I was I was grateful that I practiced my technical abilities before I left so that I could get myself out of situations. However, I would have never been in those situations if I would have tactical had tactical teachings and learning about the game, about where to move and stuff like that before. So I would say the biggest difference is definitely the players over there being one step ahead to know where the ball is going to be in the next three passes and where they should be. 30 seconds from now. So I think that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we talked a little bit before uh, hopping on this interview and, you know, you told me that you were taking over this director of soccer job here soon. What's that look like? Yeah. So um, there's actually the staffing director. It's in uh, Beckett, Massachusetts. It's called Camp Watito and the staffing director, Max, actually me and him reached out to each other and um, came to an agreement for this job. And, I'm actually very blessed to have this opportunity. Um, it's basically, it's about the camps is about under, just about under 300 kids. And um, so basically my job is going to basically be a soccer specialist and overseeing all the soccer parts of the camp and basically running trainings, running um, little 3v3 scrimmages, um, any part of the games. And I'm going to focus a lot on just trying to keep, teach these kids the technical aspect, technical aspect of the game. Um, they're going to be young. They're about ages anywhere from seven to 15. So I think that's a perfect age to basically master those abilities so that when maybe when they get into more competitive and their youth soccer, whatever they're playing at high school or club, they can have a coach kind of lean more on the tactical aspect of the game. But for right now, I think that's going to be the best thing, getting these kids technically um, to another level. Now with this job, you know, it kind of, it'll take up some time for you. So what do you think is going to, what's, what's life going to be like when, you know, you have this job and now soccer playing isn't, you know, as much there, I guess. Yeah. So um, it's definitely going to be an adjustment. Um, I've been playing since I can remember. So, I mean, I've never really had a experience of what it's like to not be a student athlete. So I think this is going to be a big, a big jump for me, but I do believe that, soccer has basically molded myself into the character basically made me the person I am today so um it's taught me a lot a lot of lessons um I think however I think without soccer I'm still going to just basically switch my determination on my drive my passion just into a different a different category different area and I think that's really just pursuing my academics and basically my like trying to mature into my next step of life and Moving on is going to be difficult, but it hasn't really hit me yet. So I guess we'll see what's going to happen here in the next few months. So what what is one thing 
that people don't realize um, it takes to move on to the next level of soccer? Um, so I would say that the game has evolved a lot, but I also think the way that players are recruited has evolved and um, it's no longer, it's no longer coaches are coming and knocking on your doors or sending out emails and phone calls to you. Um, I think you gotta, you gotta sell yourself. Um, I think that's the most important thing. And for all these kids to learn right now is that you can't be afraid or like scared about your own ego. I think you gotta, you gotta sell yourself to all these coaches out there because they've got a ton of emails coming in every single day. I've been in my assistant coach's office and I've seen it's, I mean, it's 75 to hundred emails a day. So, I mean, you really got to sell yourself and make sure that you have a good highlight video, three, four minutes to keep it really short and sweet. Um, and basically I would say that if I were you and I was in a junior or senior position in high school, that I would really start looking into what schools, but not only that, but where can you fit academically as well? Because um, soccer is not like football. Football is going to have 100 kids on the team with probably 60, 70% of them on a full ride. However, soccer is not like that. And um, at a majority of schools, I have a lot of other friends of mine who play at Division One level as well and could probably testify for this as well, that um, probably only – only a good three to four or five players maybe on the team out of 25, 30 players are on a full ride. So, I mean, there are a lot of these coaches are throwing academic and a little bit of athletics at you. Um, so you can't limit yourself if you're in high school thinking that your athletics is going to get you to basically everywhere you want to go. You can't ignore that academics part. And I think that's the biggest thing is that a lot of kids believe that academics don't really matter for right now. And I think it's going to matter beforehand to let you know where you're going to go. It's going to affect your recruitment and it's going to affect you when you're there, because if you're not keeping your academics at a good, at a good standing, you won't travel, you won't practice because you need to maintain a decent GPA to be eligible to play. But also there's coaches standards. I mean, we had basically a 3.0 standard. Basically, if you're not having a 3.0 at any time, if you're failing a test the week before a game, you're not traveling that game and you're not playing because you're going to get told to stay home and study. So, I mean, I think academics is the biggest thing that a lot of players forget about. And especially, I think they all believe that a lot of players believe that coaches are going to come run into them. But you got to send, you got to send yourself or send your, I mean, you got to do all the legwork yourself and send these coaches emails to, I mean, 200, 300 schools and see what you can get. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. What would you say is the best lesson, whether soccer wise or just in general for life? that you've learned while playing over the past couple of years? Um, I would say you need to hold yourself accountable for basically everything you do. I mean, anything that bad that happens to you, you got to hold yourself accountable and take blame for everything. Because, I mean, in every aspect of your life, no one's going to no one's gonna do anything for you. No one's going to wake you up. No one's going no to get out on that field for you and put on the jersey for you and compete for you. You're going to have to do everything for yourself. So, I mean, even if you believe that someone's going to be there, have a backup plan and make sure that you're there for yourself and be prepared. So if someone does help, it helps release some stress off your shoulders. But I think just in everything, just with it, whether it's in a job or whether it's in playing soccer or whether it's in school and you're like group project or anything, just, just to hold yourself accountable and be prepared to do everything on your own so that you're self, like you're self-reliant and don't rely on others too, too much because that's when you can get vulnerable and you can kind of lose some, whatever that's in academics or whether that's in 
athletics, like I said, it's the same thing about reaching out to coaches. Hold yourself accountable and be responsible for your recruitment. Don't blame it on coaches not coming to you or don't blame it on the teacher not giving you enough time to grade. Just hold yourself accountable and keep yourself in check so that you're prepared for whatever's going to come next week or whatever's going to come the next few months for yourself. One of the biggest debates in probably this era of sports is Ronaldo versus Messi. I want to hear your opinion. Who Who's the best right now in soccer? So I would say Ronaldo every day of the week. Um, I've been a Ronaldo fan since I was, since I can remember. I remember when I was probably nine, up from nine to about 15 years old, I used to sit in my room and just watch YouTube videos of him and I watch all his highlights back and back. Um, I think his technical aspect of the game is something that a lot of players need to look up to. Um, like I said, his technical aspect gets them out of a lot of situations and games and also creates a, a lot of good chances for him. So um, I choose Ronaldo every day of the week. All right, so a little bit of a kind of going off of that. If there was a dream starting 11 and you were one of the players in that starting 11, who would you want to play beside? Sheesh. Um, I would definitely put myself up top then. Uh, um, I'd put Ronaldo on the right. Um, I'd put Douglas Post on the left. And my midfield, I'd have Tony Cruz, Kevin DeBroner, probably Paul Pogba as well. And then my back four would have to be Philip Lama, the left back, Belletang at center back with Sergio Ramos, right back, Kyle Walker. And in goal, I would like primetime Joe Hart. All right. All right. I like that. Um, so professional sports teams, I mean, there's a lot to choose from, especially in soccer, but even not in soccer. So who are some of your professional sports teams you follow? Um, uh, for soccer, I'm supporting Manchester City ever since I was a little kid. Um, however, when I was overseas, I didn't get the chance to see their stadium, but I got to see Chelsea Stadium and um, it's absolutely insane. Um, but for American sports, I would say uh, Baltimore Ravens, I support just because Lamar Jackson's from Florida. So I like another Florida guy. Um, for basketball, I would definitely say the Miami Heat. Closest probably professional basketball team to me. And then that's really about it. I mean, are there any other sports? I don't really watch too much. Uh, what do you think about this upcoming Champions League final then? Manchester City, you're in it. That's your team. How do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Manchester City. Um, I was expecting maybe a little bit of an upset from against PSG. I thought PSG might get them, but Manchester City literally came out on top again. So I think it's good. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, Chelsea's had a little bit of a rough last few games, though, so I'm not too sure how they're going to come out against us. Um, but it's going to be a very interesting game. Who are some of your role models, whether it's, you know, in the soccer world or just in life? So um, I would definitely put Ronaldo up there. Just, I mean, idolizing him as a kid somewhere that basically he's in a position I'd always dreamed of being in. Um, I think a lot of people misjudge him and take his character a little bit too cocky or arrogant, but I think he's definitely someone to idolize and what he's done in this world. Um, I also say my dad a lot. Um, I think my dad's done a lot for me, basically supporting me through every step I've been in this, in this game and everything I've done, he's supported me, whether even it's decisions that I'm making right now about 
leaving athletics and basically focusing on my academics, he's 100% in with me. And um, I think he's done a lot. And I think that's an, I think that's another very important thing to have, especially in this trying to make it to a division one level. You need to have a good support system. And I think that's, that's a very important thing. I've got a very good best friend of mine that kind of acts like a mentor to me. Um, he keeps in checks with me a lot when I was over in England, kind of focused on me more mentally rather than physically. And I keep, keeps you in check. And then, um, but yeah, I think my dad's done a lot. He's, he's a good husband. His name is good father and everything he does basically I idolize him what he does every day, day to day basis. So I got one last question here for you. I know we've been harping on soccer pretty much this whole entire time. So we're going to move away from that a little bit. What are some of your hobbies? What can I find you doing in your free time? So my free time, um, I wouldn't say I like to work out, but I'd say I like the results. <laughs> um, I've been doing this since I was five, basically. So I feel like I've been doing the same thing over and over my whole entire life. Um, but yeah, I love to work out, stay in shape. Um, it gets stressed off your mind, keeps you keeps you relaxed, keeps you on a good mental level. Um, I like to just hang out, maybe watch some Netflix. Um, basically just play some Call of Duty with a bunch of the boys, just keep, keep in touch with a bunch of those boys from back at school. And um, yeah, kind of just hang out. I mean, that's really about it. I like whenever I have free time, it's basically sleep or kind of just hang out because you're usually on a go, go, go schedule. So you never really have too much time to relax. So. All right. Well, like I said, that was the last question I have for you. So once again, thank you for taking some time out of your day to join me on the podcast. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I enjoyed it. It was fun. All right. Well, with that being said, for Double FM Sports, my name is J.R. Mizrak, and we are signing off.